America's more divided than ever, is what the Democrats tell us, especially since Donald Trump was elected in 2016. So when he tries to unify us, of course, they threaten his supporters. That's that's what we're talking about today on No Things Considered. If you don't know who I am, my name is Tim Young. I am at Tim Runs His Mouth on Twitter, but you probably know that because you're probably listening to this because you follow me on the little platform there. Uh, if I don't get deplatformed, who knows at this point what could happen on Twitter? Lots of topics today to talk about, but let's cover the first one first. The two awful shootings that happened, of course, last weekend on my birthday uh, and the day after, of course, in El Paso and Dayton, Ohio. Awful, awful, awful situations. I mean, maybe not for Democrat candidates. I mean, they, they seem to have pounced all over it. They were probably more excited than anyone else in America that a tragedy happened. Beto O'Rourke out there flapping his arms around as soon as he could down in El Paso. Very excited to try to get himself back in the presidential race on the backs of dead people. I just, I look at that and I take a look at how excited they are and it's sick. And it bothers me. But what's even worse is that since 2016, Democrats have said that America has been more divided than ever. And by more divided than ever, they mean we don't like the people that beat us in an election. That's all that means. And no, there's no better example of that than what happened since that shooting and the rhetoric that has come out since that shooting. They wanted Donald Trump to denounce white nationalism for the thousandth time, and he did. But that wasn't enough. They had to move those goalposts once again. Once he, once he does something that, that knocks out and ticks a box on something that Democrats have demanded, they have to, they have to move the goalposts and make it worse. Here's Cory, Cory Booker. Cory Booker. Cory Booker weighing in. Cory Booker, who has a very famous girlfriend, Rosario Dawson, never questioned that. Cory Booker weighing in on the president talking about white supremacy. Uh, the president is weak, dot, and wrong. White supremacy is not a mental illness, and guns are a tool that white supremacists use to fulfill their hate. So Donald Trump denounces white supremacy, but now it's a, a mental illness. You got to move those goalposts. He can't just, uh, he does it again and again and again. Donald Trump shooting down white supremacists, denouncing David Duke, denouncing the KKK, all of that stuff. Hey, by the way, in the middle of all of this, uh, you know, there's still a governor of Virginia who's a Democrat who wore blackface or a Klan robe that's still in office, and Democrats didn't care about him, even though that's overtly racist. And then he even mentioned that he definitely did wear blackface to impersonate Michael Jackson, which is a whole nother conversation. But Democrats didn't care about that guy, but they care about Donald Trump, right? Yeah, that's, that's how it works. That's how it works. I want to read a couple of the tweets here about this stuff. Here's Sally Yates, and I responded to the Sally Yates tweet. She said, when our children ask us what we did when innocents were massacred, the president fomented racism, and immigrants were caged and cast as subhuman, what will we tell them? Each of us owns our individual response, and our collective response answers who we are as a country. Well, let me tell you this, Sally Yates. Under Barack Obama, there was racial division, probably more than ever, because if you... If you criticized Barack Obama, you were called a racist. There were a bunch of mass shootings under Barack Obama. Nobody blamed Barack Obama for those mass shootings, but that's off topic. And Barack Obama created the cages that those children were put in. So if you're asking, what will we tell our children, Sally Yates, the answer that you have is nothing, because you did nothing and you said nothing when you were in office, when you were appointed under Barack Obama. You were completely silent underneath of him. Ridiculous. Let's go on to other things here. Let's see. Other other tweets. Of course, we have uh, Mika and Joe. This is, this is by the way, before we get to Mika and Joe, I'm looking here. I've, I've got my, my pile of papers. You can hear my pile of papers there. Mika and Joe, of course, saying, hey, uh, 
Donald Trump reads a script. This is a new thing, by the way. When Donald Trump says something right, when Donald Trump is staying on topic, the, the line is, you gotta move the, you got to move the goalposts, and the way you move the goalposts is by saying that Donald Trump is sticking to a script, and that's not what he actually believes, so you shouldn't believe him. That's what, here's Mika Brzezinski. Guys, Trump can read from a script, but he's still a proven racist. With what facts? Just going to say he's a racist because he's a racist, right? At, at this point, the only way to describe his words is like this. Our president, who is a racist and fans the flames of hate, said the following. That's her big, her big statement. Remember, if Donald Trump says anything that's right, he's still a racist. If he denounces white supremacism, he's still a racist and he's still for white supremacism. That's what they're saying. You've got to move the goalposts even though he's saying it's awful. Here's Dan Rather weighing in. Remember, the, he's like the grandfather now, I guess, of, of modern uh, uh, media, television media. Here you go. My fellow members of the press, I suggest we refrain from quoting the president's words from prepared speeches into headlines and tweets without context. He sometimes says the right thing. The real questions are what he does and what he really believes. You got to move. You got to move those goalposts and you got to make sure that you stick with your fake narrative. You got to make sure that you keep calling him a racist, even though he's clearly not a racist and he has said things to try to unify the country. You got to keep him divided. Democrats got to keep him divided. Activist press, don't tell me that you're not, uh, you're not biased when it comes to this stuff. And it's a, it's a really hard sell for me. I think the best hard sell for me on Donald Trump being a racist was when Omarosa accused him of being a racist. Do you remember this? She accused him of being a racist when she left the White House even though she also said that he had taken her under his wing and mentored her for 10 years, brought her to the White House with him. Didn't have to. But it would just seem odd for me, or odd to me, for a racist to take a, an extraordinarily mouthy, ignorant businesswoman like Omarosa. Nobody likes Omarosa. Under his wing for 10 years to mentor her and then bring her to the White House? Why would he do that? Why would she go along with that if he was a racist? Why would she seek his help and his advice if he was a racist? That's your biggest example of how he's not a racist right there. Like, oh, yeah, Donald Trump hates uh, black and brown people, all right. He, had a, he hates them so much that he had a mentee underneath of him who was a, a black woman, who was a nasty black woman. And no one would disagree with that, with all of her interactions, her crazy interactions with people on television. Under his wing for 10 years and brought her to the White House with him. And it really sounds like what a racist would do. Then you've got Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC. This is just, it's one after another. Donald Trump tries to unify the country, and they, the left doesn't want it. They just don't want it. Nicole Wallace over at MSNBC saying Trump was talking about exterminating Latinos. Exterminating Latinos. She says this on air. She has a guest on who's beating this drum that Donald Trump wants to exterminate Latinos. And, and this is, people believe this? She went on to retract that in a tweet, by the way, and I'm not going to read the tweet for you because I just, I, it's, it's such a BS tweet where she's like, well, he didn't do that, but he does still hate people and he's still a racist. Give me a break. Like, you don't want this country unified. You want us divided. And then when we start to come together, when we start to come together, you have a clown like Joaquin Castro come out and this clown tweets a list of people who he believes should be harassed. That's the only reason you would tweet a list of names and where people work. Here he goes. This is his tweet. So sad to see so many San Antonians. This is his own district. So many San Antonians in 2019, maximum donors to Donald Trump, the owner of Bill Miller Barbecue, 
owner of Historic Pearl, realtor Phyllis Browning, etc. Why in the hell would you put that information out there if you don't want something bad to happen to them, if you don't want them harassed, if you don't want them scared to turn out to vote? Because that's exactly what you want. He's trying to walk that back, and he tried to walk it back multiple times in the media. Well, I didn't create the graphic, well, blah, 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 blah. But it was this next line in that tweet that did it. Their contributions are fueling a campaign of hate that labels Hispanic immigrants as invaders. That right there, this whole concept of everyone who uh, likes Trump is a, a Nazi and, and a Klansman, they want people attacked. This goes back to Maxine Waters saying that she wants people harassed, uh, members of the Trump administration harassed. This goes back to all of these, uh, Eric Holder saying when they go low, you kick them. They want people harassed. They want people attacked. And there's no better example than this Joaquin Castro tweet, just naming people and their businesses. And people are like, oh, it's not doxing. It's public, it's public information. It is doxing when you talk about where people work and you're using a pulpit a, a very high, uh, I won't say pulpit, but you're using your, your platform, your large platform and the Democratic base to bring attention to these people in the hopes that they get harassed and they're afraid to do things. They're afraid to go to work they're, or, or their work then gets boycotted or gets harassed in some way or another. You, all these employees that they have and their workers, you're hoping that they lose their living and that they suffer. This is what fascism is, by the way, because they are, are supporting a political opponent. You want these people to hide in fear. And it happened again when the billionaire owner of SoulCycle and uh, what's the other gym? There's this ball in gym. It's like $200 a month. Uh, Equinox, $200 a month to go to this gym. Liberals love it. They eat it up. In the, in the, I would never pay that much to go to a gym. You can lift weights for free at most places or just buy a couple of weights for yourself. But like, I mean, I think Gold's Gym is like 30 bucks. I'm not even paid by Gold's Gym, but Gold's Gym is like 30 bucks a month. It's something cheap. Anyway, this billionaire is holding a fundraiser for Trump. So I think it was the Daily Beast was like, oh my God, he, this, how dare a billionaire express his political leanings. And of course, everyone picks up on the cue and they're like, oh, we better, we better start boycotting SoulCycle. We better start boycotting uh, Equinox Gym. All the liberals are losing their minds. You've got uh, all of your Hollywood people. Uh, what's her name? Who's the, I always forget her name because it's, who gives a shit? Uh, the, the wife of uh, John Legend with, I, I don't even know what makes her famous. Out saying, oh, you better, you better boycott it because the deal is this. They want to intimidate you. They want to stomp your businesses if you support Trump and they want to keep you from making money. They want to put you out of business and make sure that you can't feed your family if you disagree with them politically. Never in my lifetime has this happened before, but this is the strategy of the left. It's, it's unhinged. It's insane. I disagree with people in politics all the time. I don't want to see them not be able to put food in their mouths. I don't want to see them harassed. I don't want to see them attacked. I don't want to see their businesses go out of, uh, of business. But that's the strategy. Intimidate, harass, take away a means to feed yourself. It's, it's unbelievable. And by the way, all of, this, all of this rhetoric over the past couple of days... Uh, the U.S. leads the world in mass shootings. There's, I think Joe Biden said there was like 255 mass shootings in 250 days or something this year. It's like, where in the hell is that stack coming from? Because when you take a look at it, MRC TV did a, uh, an article. They put out a chart here. No, the U.S. does not lead the world in mass shootings. No, we are not the worst. We are not the worst. Comparing annual death rate from mass public shootings, comparing European countries to U.S. and Canada from January 2009 to 2015, the United States comes in on this list 
11th. Behind Norway, Serbia, France, Macedonia, Albania, Slovakia, Switzerland, Macedonia, Albania. Oh, I doubled up on the list because I'm an idiot. Switzerland, fin Finland, Belgium, Czech Republic. There's 10 countries ahead of us. I'm not saying it's good. I wish there was less. But we're not the worst in the world. Neil deGrasse Tyson for the first time the other day in the middle of all the emotion, all the high drama about the shooting, and granted it's very emotional, don't get me wrong, tweeted out facts about deaths per day comparing it to mass shootings. So we lost, you know, 40 people in two days. Awful. But to put it in perspective, I think he said it was like 500 people are lost every 48 hours due to medical malpractice or medical errors. We lose more people to the flu every 48 hours. And he said emotions are the difference. It was logical. It was too logical. So, of course, he was harassed online for putting up that opinion. How dare he put up that opinion? How dare he say something that wasn't everyone who's a Republican needs to burn in hell? I, it, this, is, this is unhinged. This is unhinged commentary. These are people who want to stop your life because you support Republicans. They label Trump Hitler, which he is not. They inappropriately label migrant detention facilities concentration camps, which they are not. People can leave anytime they want. They are not put to work there. They are not treated to inhumane conditions with the hope of extermination, as the MSNBC Nicole Wallace said. The world isn't coming to an end because of Donald Trump. The economy's doing great. Less people are unemployed than ever before. There are more jobs than ever before. And then you have nuts. Here's a, here's a nut, Rasa Aslan from CNN, saying the other day on Twitter, after, there, after today, there is no longer any room for nuance. The president is a white nationalist terror leader. His supporters, all of them, are by definition white nationalist terror supporters. The MAGA hat is a KKK hood, and this evil racist scourge must be eradicated from society. He's literally calling for people to be killed. Literally calling for people to be killed. This is someone who was given a show by CNN. Who had his own show. Who did... Uh, I mean, this is... And, and he's still on Twitter, by the way. He's calling for the eradication of Trump supporters. Still on Twitter. They don't care. They don't care. Uh, the whole, uh, Joaquin Castro tweeting that list. Hoping that people get bullied. Did that get... Pulled off of Twitter? Nope. Not at all. Not sensitive, not bullying. But my God, if I would have tweeted somebody's uh, name and place of business, if I would have done the same thing for a Democrat or to a list of Democrats, my account would have been suspended. You'd never see me again on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter banning people, and then we'll get back to this hunting Republicans thing because it's also relevant because of a new movie coming out. Mitch McConnell who was harassed at his house, the Speaker of, uh, sorry, the, yeah, Senate Majority Leader. Speaker, good God, I sound like AOC. The Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, being harassed outside of his house, people saying he needed to be stabbed, his neck needed to be wrung, all, all of this stuff. He posts the video on the Team Mitch account on Twitter. Friends of mine, by the way, I love those guys. They're doing great work. Sent me a Cocaine Mitch signed t-shirt for full disclosure. I, I love it. I have not worn it because it's signed and I'm going to frame it. It's awesome. I think it's great when somebody leans into a meme of themselves. They tweet the video of these protesters outside of his house calling for his own death. 
and Twitter suspended the account. Where do the rules, the rules clearly apply differently for different people. They suspended the Team Mitch account for tweeting a video of unhinged protesters protesting Mitch and saying they wanted violence done to him. They suspended his account because of that. That doesn't make any sense. Unless, of course, Twitter wants to make it even harder for themselves to prove that they're not biased against conservatives. Which is very well what's happening. So there's a movie coming out called The Hunt, and it's very much so like the, uh, the Purge movies. But this time around, it's elites that are flying in to hunt people who were captured who were MAGA supporters, who are Trump supporters. And if this was any other kind of environment, I'm not sure that this would be acceptable ever. Because I've been running this through in my head, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, maybe, maybe like if we didn't have so much political violence, maybe if there wasn't all that stuff, like this kind of fantasy insanity would work, but it doesn't. Because we have people shooting up everybody because of politics, and then the left constantly blames Donald Trump for his rhetoric. I mean, I just read all of this stuff. Apparently, he's a Klansman and a, a racist. I had no clue. Right? That's what they're saying. And it's his rhetoric that's causing all of these uh, shootings. It's his fault. Hollywood's literally presenting a film. They've created a film called The Hunt where they are going to go and show elites who have captured these dumb yokels who love Donald Trump and hunt them down for sport. Don't tell me, this, this fantasy, fun fantasy film, don't tell me that all of the violence in the world is Donald Trump's fault and, and political violence is Donald Trump's fault because of his rhetoric, because he says things like fake news. I mean, he merely says, you are fake news to the, to the press, and the press freaks out and says that he wants us all killed. It's his First Amendment right to criticize the press. And they do print a lot of fakes. I mean, I'm reading tweets here from people. I'm reading, I mean, you've got, you know, again, Nicole Wallace saying he wants to eradicate, uh, exterminate, sorry, uh, Latinos. That's fake news. But if Donald Trump says it's fake news, then clearly he's calling for violence against them, right? No, he's just criticizing them. That, that can happen. People are allowed to criticize people. He has a First Amendment right as uh, president of the United States. I don't know if he knew that or not. Apparently not. But the same people who say that he is causing all of these problems are pushing a movie. I believe the budget was like 18 or $20 million where elite liberals hunt down MAGA supporters. That's, that's where the, the, the mindset is. It's okay when we do it. It's okay when we literally depict violence against Trump supporters. And I think, by the way, in the end, like, the Trump supporters win. It looks like they overcome this thing. Like, they, they capture the wrong woman, and she comes back. But it doesn't matter. They're showing violence, this, this fictionalized fantasy violence that you can hunt down Trump supporters with multiple weapons in a field and blah, 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 whatever. But if Donald Trump says anything like fake news, it's the end of the world. When they literally produce a, a film showing you the hunting down of Trump supporters— Nothing to see here. Everyone move along. But when Trump merely says fake news, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. I, I don't even... I don't even know what to say about that. I, I can't believe that a film like that is being created, and I can't believe that somebody would do... Like, like what are they thinking? What do they think the end result is? Is the next mass shooting uh, on them? You know, Bernie Sanders wasn't blamed for it, but it was a Bernie Sanders supporter who went and tried to hunt down the Republican congressional baseball team on an open field. Sound familiar? It's like The Hunt, the movie from Universal. What's the pitch meeting like for that? When they're sitting around, hey, I got a great idea. You know how we want to kill Trump supporters? Well, how about we make a movie about it? 
What, I, what, what are you trying to accomplish with that? What do you want to happen? Let's flip to something stupid before we get out of here today. Uh, Cory Booker. Cory Booker. You know, there's a lot of jump the shark moments in this campaign. And by the way, a lot of the candidates are now in Iowa. They're going to the Iowa State Fair, the Democratic candidates. I don't know how people tell the difference between carnies and Senate can- uh, and Democratic presidential candidates. Probably carnies are more trustable, more reliable. Anyway, Cory Booker jumped the shark even farther than Beto jumped the shark when Beto was campaigning in Mexico. He wanted to campaign in Mexico because, of course, he wants Mexicans to be able to vote, or maybe he just got lost because he may or may not pass a drug test. He flew there with his arms. Maybe he flapped his arms too much and he flew too far. He flew past the Texas border into Mexico and he was like, I'm here, I might as well campaign. Cory Booker went to Florence McClure Women's Correctional Center in Las Vegas to campaign. He met with a bunch of inmates there and he was shaking hands with them. Uh, They can't vote, by the way, because they're felons and they're in jail. But he went there to meet with them, probably because his lifelong dream is to be a cast member of Orange is the New Black. There's nothing better than having a Cory Booker character on Orange is the New Black. I can't imagine... I mean, why in the hell would you want to campaign to people who can't vote? Mexicans, actual Mexicans in Mexico, and now women in a women's prison. Maybe he's looking for a new girlfriend. Maybe Rosario Dawson, his totally real girlfriend, is, is on, maybe they're on the outs. He needs to find somebody new. He needs to find a good pen pal. Hell, I wouldn't turn down visiting a women's prison. My, my social life hasn't been great either. So, I, you know, hey. I don't blame him, but I'm also not running for president, and I'm not going to waste my uh, $18 of donations from, a, uh, from my donors to go to a women's prison and move up from 0% to 1%. They don't vote, Corey. Sorry, buddy. I'll leave you with this. I, I have a new book coming out, and uh, this news cycle this week was tragic and awful, and then you know the hateful rhetoric on the left— Uh, beating up Donald Trump when he's trying to unify the country, legitimately trying to unify the country didn't help things. But there's one person on the left that I love, and it's Marianne Williamson, and I'm writing a book. Actually, the book is written, and it will be on Amazon next week, called 372 Facts About Marianne Williamson That Probably Aren't True. It's a great book. It's pretty funny. It's it's basically 400 tweets uh, about different insane things, a little longer than tweets, different insane things that... uh, seem reasonable for Marianne Williamson to have done or participated in in her life. And I loved writing it. Uh, I I wanted to give you guys something that you would enjoy. Um, I don't like doing like Patreon type things. I wanted to do something that you, know, you could get a little value out of. And uh, it, and I think you'll, you'll like it. And not just listening to the podcast here, but having something that you can kind of giggle on, uh, you know, if you're reading it on a Kindle on the train or in your commute to work or you're hanging out um, at home. And so uh, that book comes out next week. When it comes out, I'm going to find different ways that I can like sign it and do different things with it. Um, I'm printing it through Amazon uh, Press, Kindle Press. So I have to learn the, the ins and outs of that. I'm teaching myself this. I'm doing it all by myself. I'm being an American entrepreneur, doing it all by myself. Because the last time I went through a, a, a publisher, I sold a bunch of books, a bunch of books. And it just was a, it was a wreck. So I'd rather just do it through my own means. Little ebook, little book that you guys will enjoy. It's about 100 pages, maybe about 125 pages, depending on the version that you get. And I guarantee you'll laugh and you'll love it. And uh, yeah, I'm really doing it for you guys. So as I do most of these things for you guys. So all of that aside, I think it's important just to remind everybody that, you know, it's okay to disagree with people, but it's not okay to bring violence against people 
that uh, that you don't politically agree with. And also, quit lying about people. Like, I mean, like, if you're somebody on the left who's trying to push this hate, cut it out. I mean, it's stupid. And you're not helping anything. You're not helping any campaigns. I, I think all of this, all of this hatred, all of this stuff is working against Trump. It's turning off the middle-of-the-road voters in the middle of the country that don't live in a bubble, that aren't in the echo chamber where everybody is screaming at each other and high-fiving each other in Washington, D.C., New York, Seattle, L.A., San Francisco, Colorado. Not Colorado, it's in Denver. All these liberal hubs. Chicago. Those are where people agree with you. Everyone else doesn't agree with you when you're doing this insane stuff. And even in those hubs, you're starting to lose people because this stuff is just getting absolutely insane. It's very hard to say that you want to unify the country and then come out when Donald Trump, come out against Donald Trump when Donald Trump's trying to unify the country. And that's the message for today. Stop being stupid. I'm warning you, Democrats. Stop being stupid because you'll never win an election again in your lifetimes if you keep this up. You're churning off your own voters and there's probably going to end up being a third party of like reasonable human beings at some point here that are like leftover Democratic voters. Republicans are fine, though. I think they're probably more unified than ever. And you're, every one of these crazy attacks just makes Republicans want to vote more. And it makes them, you're guaranteeing that Trump voters will turn out 100% for Trump in November. That being said, I want to thank you guys for listening to the No Things Considered podcast. My name is Tim Young. You can find me at Tim Runs His Mouth. You know the book is going to be 372 facts about Marianne Williamson that may or may not be true. They aren't true. They're all, they're all lies. But what I talk about here isn't lies, unless it's from people who are lying. Thanks for your time, guys. You have a good week, and we will talk again soon. Don't forget to like, share, and uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, all of these great places.